Hey everyone, welcome back to On Campus with Misty. I'm your host, Misty. I'm your co-host, David. And today we're here talking to Leo Ochoa. Hello, everyone. <laughs> um, so to start everything off, Leo, do you want to uh, just tell us a little bit about your background and your experiences? Yeah, there's so many different ways to describe that. In the most basic terms, I'm just um, someone that grew up in the Pacific Northwest from, from working parents who loves art, found a passion in art early on, and that became design. And then that became more of a business entrepreneurship interest. And now it's led to creating my first company. Nice. nice. Congrats. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> What's your uh, cultural background? Cultural background, so I'm Mexican. So, All right, so yeah. yeah. La raza. So, la raza, but uh, I grew up. I, I grew up here most of my life. I was born in Mexico, but I grew up here. Oh, you were born in Mexico. Yeah, I was born in Mexico. I didn't know yeah. That. Oh, nice. So, I feel or I consider myself more Mexican American. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, but uh, technically, I'm Mexican. Yeah. Well, no, technically, you're Mexican American. <laughs> Mexican American, yeah, from the experience. Yeah. Yeah. No, you grew up. I think uh, considered. Yeah. What part of Mexico did you? Michoacan. Oh, cool. Yeah, I know you're familiar with that? Yeah, my dad was from Michoacan, I think. My mom's from Michoacan. So, yeah. yeah. So Michoacan. we all have some Michoacan in us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so while you were growing up, what was kind of like your childhood experience like with school and stuff? What kind of advice did you receive like career-wise or what kind of expectations were set for you when mm -hmm. you were growing up? I w growing up, well, early on, I would say it was a lot of a lot of trying to take the best advice from teachers and counselors, but mm -hmm. honestly just feeling lost because yeah. <laughs> your parents at home were giving you advice in one way. It was more kind of the cultural way or more what, like keeping the family reputation like in the best possible terms. Or yeah. yeah. And the school was trying to give you advice in another way, more with your educational career. But a lot of the times I feel like when you were young, you don't really know what you like or what's mm -hmm. available as career options. Yeah. So yeah. I felt kind of just lost, but trying to take the best <clears throat> advice from everyone. What kind of like options were presented to you for like what you could do as a career? Um, what I could do, it was more, it wasn't very descriptive at home. It was just go to college because that's important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. same, yeah. <laughs> same with, uh, with my family. Like, we came to this country or we value education, so you need to do your best and you need to go to school. Yeah. But that, as far as advice from home, it was like that. That and was it. Was, it. Yeah. yeah, and it's yeah. like very confusing. I think that's a very common like yeah. um, Hispanic thing. That's pretty much what I got from my family at home too. Yeah, it's same. just kind of like make sure you're going to school. If you don't go to school, you're not going to succeed. Yeah. Nothing yes. else is going to happen. And I know David got like a lot of heat from his family because he chose not to go to college. Yeah, <laughs> only my so there's I have three brothers. The middle one, the oldest one, didn't go to college either. Um, but he went to the military. Went to the military, yeah. And then he's fine now. He's like real estate agent. He's doing well. Mm -hmm. And then my brother went to college, and then like my mom, like she's like, oh, you he's gotta go to college soon. <laughs> But yeah, so it's like, I don't know, I hated school. I really hated school. Like it, it wasn't for me or just the way it's taught is not for me. I'm like hands on. I like to like, I don't know, play with things like that. Like in school's all about, oh, I'll read this textbook and he doesn't like figure reading. it out. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, I felt the same way. It was them giving me career advice, but it was me feeling even more lost and confused. Yeah. Because my parents were like, 
you just got to go to college and just do better than us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. They like, want you to be better. And it's like, okay, yeah, that makes they're sense. They're like, as long as you're you're better than us, then we'll be happy. We're okay. And yeah. I'm like, okay, that's a very low bar. Like, <laughs> it means I can stop. I just have to graduate high school and, and I, yeah. I'll be able to get any job that's already going to be better than yours. Or be a yours. very high bar. Like for me, I always felt like it was, like it is a low bar. I get that. But it's also a very high bar. It's like... Like, I have to make sure that I prove myself to my mom that I did better and that her decisions and her sacrifice were worth it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, in that, in those that's, terms, that's a very high bar. <laughs> that's a very good point. And I feel the same way, yeah. but I feel like I placed that expectation on myself. Yeah. Like, I didn't feel like my parents placed that expectation on me. Same, yeah. Cause, yeah, yeah. Because for me, it was like, okay, I just have to finish high school and I meet your expectations to my parents. Yeah. And then yeah. for me, it was like, no, I see the sacrifice that they, they made to for mm -hmm. our family to put us through school. For me, it was like, no, they deserve more. Like, yeah. Like, I, yeah. I can give back more or in better ways. So I did have that, that self-imposed like, exp expectation. Yeah. But it didn't feel like that at the time. I just feel like guilt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm on that same boat, man. Like, it's like you hear their story, you go, damn, like, I have it so much easier compared yeah. to them. Yeah, it has so much easier yeah. compared to them, but at the same time, I, I feel like I want to give them back in a way that means something to yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. And what I thought, as far as education goes, what meant something to them was getting a college degree. Yeah, yeah. And so I feel like, okay, I can meet their expectations, but if I really want to give them something back that's a value to them, I want to go get that college degree. Okay. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, that was my my thought process as well. <laughs> like, I didn't know what I even wanted to go to school for necessarily or what I wanted to do. But it was like, I know I need to get that college degree mm -hmm. so that my mom can, like, be proud and feel like, like that's what it was all for or something. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. I want her to see me walk across the stage yes it's like i want to give them this degree but they never said you have to yeah like yeah. get this degree yeah. it was more like just go to school and do your best and for me it's like no <laughs> what feels the best to me is to be able to give you this because mm -hmm. it means something to you probably more than what it means to me but yeah. i want to be able to give that to you and that's how i feel like satisfied yeah in making them like Happy, I guess. Yeah. In that yeah. Way. yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. I didn't think about it like that. Thanks. You guys made me feel. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good point. Like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> um, but did you get any like, like for me in school, it was like when I would talk to the counselors and all of that stuff. The options presented were always things involving school, anyways. So like, you could be a lawyer. You could be a doctor. You could be a teacher. You could be like all of this stuff that required me to go to school either way. Mm -hmm. um, like, was it like that for you as well? No, not so much like that, except only when it came to architecture and drafting. Mm -hmm. Because, well, a lot of my teachers, I was good at math. The thing is, I was really good at math, but I didn't enjoy it. But mm -hmm. my teachers encouraged me or pushed me to take more math classes because I was good at it. But I never enjoyed it until I could. I found a way to be creative with numbers, because then to me math felt like putting a puzzle together. Like if you could do the equations, mm -hmm. really complex equations in a creative way, and minimize like your formulas, then I found it interesting. Yeah. But I didn't enjoy it as much as like drawing and visually creating something expressive. Mm -hmm. That felt. That that felt, that that I was alive. 
And then that's where I felt like I wanted to do more of. But I didn't feel like that was valued in school. Yeah. And I didn't feel like that was valued at home because people saw that as you're playing games or, yeah. okay, you're doing that and it's distracting you from your math classes. So you need to stop drawing. People didn't link them together. People didn't link them together. <laughs> and I didn't, I couldn't link them together either. Yeah. Until uh, I was introduced through architecture, through my brother. Then I saw the engineering part of drafting and creating floor plans that it felt like creative and I can draw, but I could start to put a connection on how that can have an impact in creating a future or a career, mm -hmm. or how that can be useful in life to be able to create a job out of it that you can then have a family or, or support um, a community. Or, then I felt like, okay, this could be a path forward, but I still, I still was confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. That's, that's pretty cool. I like that, like the whole, the problem solving and the art with it. Like, that makes sense. That's kind of like, I'm gonna apply it to like, I guess like, almost like programming or like you're making a website. Mm -hmm. Cause like, you know, you make the, the front, try to make it look pretty and nice. And then, but the behind the scenes, it's like crazy formulas doing, like you click this button, something crazy happens. Like, yeah. So it reminds me of that. Like people don't appreciate that crazy formula side, but they see the prettiness. Yeah, cause that's, <laughs> that's what was happening now that I look back and understand it, but at the time it just felt like I'm learning a new skills, but I still don't know how to go about doing this in life and I still can't see the outcome, but I enjoy it and I want to do more of it. So I did four years of architecture in high school. Oh, cool. Yeah. In high school. Yeah, in high school. High school our high school <laughs> offered that. And that's, that's the course that I had the most fun in. Nice. I had a little interest in business and then little interest in math and history. I liked history, but the one I enjoyed the most was uh, architecture drafting. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. I don't think my school offered that. Yeah, my, I don't think Yeah, LAUSD the worst. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends what school you go to. I'm pretty sure that there are some schools within LAUSD that offer that, but it's probably like- Rich. Yeah, rich and nice neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, well, at the time it felt like our school was falling or staying behind because mm -hmm. a lot of the conversations at the time were the schools that were creating like like uh, programs around robotics or around like electrical hardware. Mm -hmm. So I felt like our school was enough with that. So. <laughs> yeah, my high school had robotics. The, I haven't even heard of I didn't hear about that until I went to, I did um some random, I was like a, a meetup for uh, iOS. Mm -hmm. I went to that and I met, I met these middle schoolers they were in middle school and they were in this, they were in this meetup. <laughs> they were talking, oh yeah, we build robots and stuff. Yeah, like, what the yeah, heck, yeah. in middle school? Like, where was <laughs> that at when I was in school? Like, mm -hmm. Yeah, when I was in college, I volunteered for like this program that the college would host. And it was something kind of like that, where it was like a big like science fair type of thing. Mm -hmm. And all of the middle schools would come and compete. And it was like all crazy like inventions and like robotics stuff. Yeah, and I was like, like what? This is crazy. Have any of <laughs> that. Yeah. It depends on the school. Yeah. Know? It's also, yeah. it shows how fast things are changing. Because yeah. like yeah. what's available now for middle school and high school students, that was available back to, like in my time back in, in college for college students. Like you had to learn, you had to be like college level to be able to learn and how to use the programs. Yeah. Now it's middle school. Now it's middle school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably even elementary even by now. You can yeah. yeah. learn how to program. There's like programs to teach kids how yeah. to program. Like damn. There's yeah. toys that teach you how to do like computer programming and coding oh, and yeah. stuff. Like kid 
toys, like five-year-old toddler toys that teach you like the basics of how to do stuff. Yeah, like that. Crazy. it's crazy. I think it shows how much the technology is is like uh, advancing, but also how much um, those tools are being used by like younger students. So yeah. it's only going to accelerate their growth. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And it's also going to awesome. accelerate uh, the development of those tools to be more user-friendly. True. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yes, that's very true. About them. Mm-hmm. But Interesting time to live. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I absolutely, I, I do feel that way. Yeah. It's, yeah. I'm curious the next 20 years. When we're happen. old, it's going to be like crazy advanced like oh, to look back it's even hard stuff. to know what the next five yeah. years will yeah look like. it's crazy yeah we're gonna have electric cars who knows yeah who knows <laughs> sooner, <laughs> much sooner than people think yeah exactly mm-hmm. that's crazy um was entrepreneurship ever presented to you as a like validated choice or career path that you could take no no <laughs> it's like no and it, the more i think back it's like no there was absolutely no way that yeah. the word entrepreneurship fit in my life back then and i feel like i didn't even hear about it until i got to college i would hear about business like you could be a business owner mm-hmm. and, yeah. and you know growing up in a small town you see the small businesses like the restaurants the shops the local coffee shops or or Antique shop. Antique shop. So you, yeah. that's what I thought was a business. Um, yeah. I thought that that's, if you wanted a business, that's what you just open something. Yeah. Um, and it was never presented to me directly. Like, this is what entrepreneurship is like, and this is a potential career path for you. And mm-hmm. you can do this. It was never like that. <laughs> not even yeah. from my parents and not even from like. Uh, Anyone. My, yeah, not, not even friends or not even um, college teachers or counselors. I think the way it was presented to me was just more organically, just naturally. But it was also me kind of looking for it. Yeah. Like without knowing what I was doing, subconsciously I was looking for it. Because my family, I have an uncle who had a carpet cleaning business. Mm-hmm. And I never really asked him, like, how did you create this? I just knew he had a business. And yeah. his his brothers had a business and they had like a produce store. Mm-hmm. And then when my pa- my family would take us to Mexico for trips to visit our family like our family had puestos in the mercado yeah and you see a lot of people that have that do like um artisans and craftsmen that create work and then or or crafts and tools and then they go and sell at the market mm-hmm. so i feel like it was presented more just in the environment yeah yeah yeah, yeah for me it was almost like a it was like a survival thing, not yes. like an actual career path that you want yeah. to take. It was just kind of like you saw your family members or people around you doing it to survive. Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I always felt like that's what you do when you need. When of, you have nothing else. Yes. <laughs> no other choices. Else, yeah. like nothing else is working or when you don't have the opportunity to go to school, like that's always an option. You can always. Yeah. Yeah. make food and sell it or make things and sell them so it was i always felt i had like the misunderstanding of it yeah same um, here. <laughs> so i always felt like that's what you do when you can't do anything else yeah, yeah. and um, then well for me at least like those examples it was always like them struggling mm-hmm, yeah <laughs> so it was never like that's what you do to be successful it was yeah, always yeah. like you're just surviving you're struggling you're just trying to get that money to be able to pay the mortgage and mm-hmm the electricity bill or whatever it was never something like that's what you do to 
be successful, to become rich, to like do something amazing yeah. or contribute to society or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And so I always saw it as something beautiful, like, oh, I can make art or or create something and then go and sell it. To me, I was like, yes, I can I can express my artwork through what I make and then go sell it and people will buy it, people will have it in their homes. I always thought that as a beautiful process. Yeah. But when I actually talked to people, it was more what you just described. It was like, <laughs> yeah. I'm doing this because I need to feed my kids. Yeah. Or I'm doing this and I hate selling it because people don't give me the price or the value that it has. Like people yeah. always are trying to bargain with me. Yeah. Or I do this and I sell it to the tourists and and it was yeah. always presented or described that way from the ones actually doing it as as a negative experience. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. go to college so that you don't have to do yes. this. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Yes, absolutely like, <laughs> like that. Like my dad, he he would do hardwood <clears throat> floors and it was like his own business like like he created it and he would do all of it and he would recruit like other people that he knew to work with him and stuff. But he would always like like kind of connecting back to what you do now, right? He would always be in like back pain and he mm -hmm. would always be super tired. And like, sometimes there would be accidents where he would like cut like a finger off or something, Jeez. you know? And yeah. it was like, don't be like me, <laughs> like yeah. go to college so that you can do something where you're sitting behind a desk and you don't have to do this. <laughs> so that's, that's always what my idea was of entrepreneurship. And for me, it was presented in the same way. It's like, you go to college so you can get a job that pays you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you can't, then you have to create a job to sell things. That, that then yeah. you get payment that way. Yeah. So it was it was encouraged, to, I think, to my family and teachers not to become an entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> it was more like if you want to be successful yeah. in life, you have to get your college degree and you have to go get a big corporate job to be successful and to have a house and two yeah. cars and yeah and to, ha and to have a family. So it was always kind of like this is what you do if you want to be happy. This is what you don't do yeah. or you can do but you're gonna struggle with it and yeah. you might not be happy yeah yeah and then it, it didn't help that well at least for me in school there was never anyone telling me what it was or mm. like any other examples that i could see of it and like i i remember in high school there was like an entrepreneurship club no one ever told me like what mm. that meant or what it was and so i always just looked at it like man, like, why would you want to do that? <laughs> like, I don't want to be part of that club. <laughs> Break your back. Yeah, yeah. At, at least there was clubs like that. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. never, I never even heard. Yeah, I didn't have any opportunity. of that. I didn't have opportunities like that. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. Yeah. Well, do you think, or at least like in your opinion, mm -hmm. do you think it should be taught in schools? Like, should there be like, like some kind of entrepreneurship class that like as an elective that you could take or something kind of like architecture yeah. was at your school or something oh yes not only, <laughs> not only should it be it needs to be taught i think um if you look at how the world is changing it's moving more to towards that direction mm -hmm. um the in the terms i've heard it described is like the the u economy and a, a lot of it is because people are finding ways to pay for the rent, to pay for their bills, and get to keep up with the high cost of living. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of there's a lot of people that have their job and are creating side hustles and trying to figure out yeah. how how to create um, or how to pay for their expenses or how to create the income that their lifestyle requires. Yeah. So I think more than ever, it's it needs to be taught because the world is changing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's also like because I feel like a lot of like Hispanics in general, like like even my dad, like mm-hmm. he was a carpenter, he had his own business, or like, and then my mom opened up a store. You know, like I feel like that in the Mexican culture, like a lot of them are in entrepreneurs, but they don't even yes. like really realize it. Yeah. So it's like, imagine like if I went to school, they taught that at school, like, oh, I could bring this to the business, the family business and try to help it out, try to make it better. Because I think the problem is usually they're all old school, so mm-hmm. they don't know how to expand it, advertise things, like how to get none funding. of that. They don't know yes. how to do any of that. And if, if that was yeah. taught to their kids, like they could bring that to the business and try to help it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because I think there's like a generation gap where yeah. there's like immigrants, especially with like uh, Hispanic culture, that's natural. Like you go to Mexico and Central America and you see that every, there's a lot of vendors. Yeah. So yeah. it comes natural. Like there's that entrepreneurship spirit, but you you come here and you you don't talk about it. You encourage your, your kids to go to college, to get that education so that they can work for someone else. Um, and a lot of it is because they see that as a better path but also because it's so hard to navigate through the regulations of starting a business. Like, yeah. It's just so much tougher here to start a business because it's more expensive. There's more regulations. There's more... Um, laws and licenses and permits. Yeah. yeah. But more, just laws just to set everything, to register your yeah. business. Um, it's just a high upfront cost to get started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people do what they know, like restaurants. Yeah, like food, like or or they go into redistribution of products or reselling of existing items, mm-hmm. but they don't also know how things are changing, like marketing. Yeah, like a lot, yeah. like the just buying a sign and putting it outside your store or a banner that doesn't it's work anymore. Work. Yeah, <laughs> because you're no longer even if you have a small business in a small town, you're no longer just selling to that town. You're selling now to the whole world, mm-hmm. and. And in order for your product to get to you or your re- the resources to make your product to get to you and you to sell your product, the, the world needs to know you through how the world is talking now, through through social media, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, through online marketing. And for some that are more old school, it's hard for them to quickly make that jump yeah, and, mm-hmm. and to quickly get used to it. But you do see the younger students or like the younger generation that has an interest in entrepreneurship, they're they're on social media all the time. Yeah, they're yeah. they're thinking about going and opening a, the Shopify store and reselling items, or buying sneakers and reselling yeah. them. Yeah. I have a cousin that does. Yeah, yeah. shout out to Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a lot of like that spirit is still there. It's just evolving naturally, organically. Yeah. It's not being like, transferred over, and a lot of, and I'm still trying to understand it, but. You, I do see both sides where, like, like yeah, the Anthony example. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, it's so much easier now to have an online store yeah. where yeah. you can get paid by selling products or teaching others uh, educational uh, skills that they're not getting in their traditional schools. Mm-hmm. There's so there's ways to monetize your skills in a very like, effortless way where you can distribute it to a larger audience. Yeah. It just yeah. takes a lot of time and effort to get it started as well. Yeah. But you do see the younger um, generation that's already used to living in the social media or online on or the on the phone. Yeah. So for them, they're finding easier ways to it's do easy, it. Yeah. 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 That's true. It comes easy to them. Yeah. And a lot of it is like just knowing how to navigate social media and like... Yeah. 
like even just for the startup weekend latino mm-hmm. thing they were doing like their instagram stuff and it was like we weren't getting a big response and then like yeah. like we started doing it different and where i was like using this app to like make different like pictures or whatever to okay. post and that was like a much bigger response and it's like really just like the way that you present it <laughs> yeah, you're talking about just like the social media yeah you know, like yeah. promoting it during that weekend yeah yeah, yeah. yeah we actually got a lot of engagement just because of when she took over oh like, i didn't even know <laughs> it was good <laughs> it was just like using an app to like take the pictures and like make cool little things to post or and whatever hashtags and things like that yeah and so it's like when people don't know how to use it to like its full potential like social media and yeah. stuff it's like it doesn't work <laughs> yeah it could there's a little bit of a learning curve mm-hmm. yeah and nice. and it's also what another thing that's the challenging is all the social media channels are not the same yeah. you know when you you talk about instagram when you figure out how to have that conversation on instagram it doesn't transfer over to like Twitter Facebook or, or Twitter. Facebook. Yeah. It's completely different. <laughs> it is. So that's where it, it requires a lot more effort to know how to have the conversation in the different channels. Yeah. Um, but it, it starts with getting started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you're passionate about it, you get better at what you spend more time at. As you go. Yeah. Because yeah. you do have people that are creative and, and have art projects that are selling their prints on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Or some of them are going to school and they have an online store. So there's they're the ones that really want to have it be like a successful part of their life. They'll figure out a way to use the tools yeah. to create some type of entrepreneurship path along with anything else they're working on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes sense for sure. Yeah. What advice do you think that you would give to kids that are like trying to figure out what they want to do mm-hmm. or... Maybe they have some kind of idea, right? Like the, the little leos of the yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I I think about that a lot, almost every day, and it's more like what advice would I give myself ten years ago, fifteen years mm-hmm. ago? And but in today's context, <laughs> in today's context, it goes mm-hmm. back to the description of feeling lost, mm-hmm. going like um, when you were when I was in school, feeling lost trying to find or navigate a path through education for a career, feeling lost at home through like the cultural experience of being in in a new environment, but also feeling lost with my own identity as a Latino growing up in the, in in the U S and I would, I would, the advice I give anyone is to focus more on your self-awareness, like really understanding what you value, what you like, what really drives you and you feel passionate about. And spend a lot of time trying to understand that. Even if you don't under, if you can't see how it could transfer over to a career path, spend a lot of time understanding yourself. Um, your hobbies, your interests, what you like, what you don't like. And let that kind of guide you to make the decisions in life that's gonna fit you best. Um, take advice from others, but spend more time understanding yourself mm-hmm. because ultimately that's going to drive you throughout life. You're going to, because it's not just school. Like once you finish school, then yeah. there's real life and there's work and there's family. And <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like you can't be the best leader in your community, in your school, in your family until you can understand yourself. And the earlier you can do that, the the better off you will be in understanding how to navigate the world, especially when it comes through 
education since that's kind of like the first path that we're all introduced to. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons that I, I also believe that it's very important to introduce entrepreneurship as an option yes. because school is like that very first like like thing like the gateway right that introduces you to all of these other things in the world that like you could possibly be doing or that you might be interested in or that you might hate yeah yeah it it introduces you to many things one because you're young and you're you have such a high interest in the world in other people and in education um so you're learning so much in a very compressed amount of time Mm -hmm. and i would say explore so much when you're in school, like the type of friends you have, mm-hmm. the type of uh, choices you make, the type of sports you do, the type of um, hobbies you do. Spend a lot of time understanding how that comes to you naturally. Yeah. Um, but don't also feel like you have to stick with it. Because um, yeah. you yeah. do make a lot of like bad decisions. <laughs> well, you get you get distracted a lot when you're young. Mm-hmm. So I would say don't don't stick with two with paths too early on. Like explore as much as you can. Yeah. And then later on when you when you have to make those career decisions, I think you'll be more prepared with understanding what best fits you. Yeah. And I sense. think kind of like a question to to ask yourself with like that journey of self-awareness is why you like those oh, things? Yes. Like why do I like this specific sport so much or why do I like art so yes. much or whatever and then you find that piece and then that way you can find that within other like career paths or yes. other things yeah. that there might be out there. I think you described it well, where the first step to that is developing that awareness to be able to ask yourself why or to have those internal conversations. Then once you can explore and get a taste of different things in your path, you can start to, to ask why you like certain things or why you don't. And the more you dig or ask um deeper questions to do, develop that why you can develop your own mission in life and it goes back to the conversation we had at the beginning where mm. you start to understand from the things you do why it matters to you and mm. the conversation we started with on I was doing this for school but I was doing this because I wanted to give this to my parents yeah. or I wanted this internal feeling it's you start to, with defining your why, you start to understand better how to guide yourself and how to stay away from things that might distract you or pull away from your, from your path. Yeah. Um, so you, you described it well. Understanding why as early as possible will help you in whatever career path you take. Yeah. In and out of school. Yeah. For me, it's just kind of like finding that, like that motivation i guess like mm-hmm. for that why within other things yes and yes. yeah like you said yeah. like keep exploring like don't close yourself off to like everything else that's out there yeah <laughs> how would you guys like tell someone to go about this like write it down like write what like like a structure a way to i guess to do this let's say like is there like some type of metho- methodology out there or something like okrs or i don't know i mean i don't for me, it's not structured in any way, yeah. but you could make it structured if that's how your brain works, where like, I mean, just keeping some kind of journal where like you can list down the things that you like and then on the other side, just try and figure out why you like them and list down the reasons 
of why you like it or if you don't know why then listing the things that you like about that <laughs> activity or about that specific thing and then from there try to derive why it is that you like it if that makes sense gotcha. yes and, and <laughs> it makes a lot of sense and you asked a very good question um because i almost wow i feel like i'm connecting them in the right order because <laughs> i almost place that as the third question you should be asking yourself like first is developing that awareness to ask yourself questions just noticing just noticing mm -hmm. and having just a high curiosity of the world around you and then second is developing better questions to ask yourself to develop mm -hmm. a habit of asking why you do things and then third so that will lead to the third question developing the, the awareness to ask asking better questions and then that will lead to finding the best way to capture those answers so once you start having those internal conversations and you start understanding what feels good to you, you can answer that third question on should I write it down or should I record this? Because developing that self-awareness, you'll understand how you receive information. There's, gotcha. there's different people. Like for me, I've always knew when I was young that I receive information best visually. That's why I like drawing and creating visual things. It feels natural to me. Mm -hmm. I can look at something and remember it. Hearing things is a little more difficult. Writing yeah. things down is a little more difficult. So I, I use those as tools, but for me, the strongest tool always feels more visual. Um, when you develop a better understanding of yourself, then you can identify as, I best receive information writing it down, hearing it, recording and hearing myself mm -hmm. talk through it. Um, then you'll know, okay, I just naturally write it down. I should do more of that. And then a journal is is the best answer. Yeah. Or if you you're like, do a visual yeah. like board where you put like pictures of stuff, and then you can connect it like with lines or whatever. Yeah, and because you, would... you can do it more yeah. cut and paste and put it on a vision board. Mm -hmm. Or if you're if you just uh, if you like talking through problems or through ideas, you can record it mm -hmm. on your phone yeah. on a recorder. Um, and then you'll notice the more you do that, that's probably a natural strength of yours. And if you like having those conversations and recording them, you start narrowing down potential career paths. Like you could be a journalist, or you could be a reporter, or you could be a blogger, or, or you could gotcha. be a, a teacher. If you like to write things down or draw things, then you can start looking at career paths where visual strengths are rewarded. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, yeah so, but... It, the best thing to do is to just develop that habit and let it naturally answer the question for you. Cool. Yeah, those are good ideas. For... Mm -hmm. That's a good question to ask. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a very good question. Because for me, it's always hard to say, oh, you should do it this way. Yeah. Or yeah. this works best. Because I feel like it's always from my own perspective. Yeah. And then I feel like my perspective comes from my own internal strengths. And if I'm a visual person and I draw it and I tell someone who receives information more. Like, yeah through written, audio yeah, or written, yeah, auditory yeah. or written, then I'm giving them wrong advice yeah. and leaving them in my path. Maybe but, they're more lost now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so I always try to avoid to confuse others the way I felt confused when I was yeah. in their uh, age. There should be, I, I'm sure there has to be like a structure for this because I think it's like, you, you know what OK, OKRs are? It's like, the, it's like an organization of like kind of like this, like when something, when someone wants them, like say I want to, Hey, I think we should have this this tool for my team. Mm -hmm. And they go, okay, why? 
what's it, what like what like the, why are we doing this how does this affect the business yes things like that like that's it's a structural mm-hmm. thing well this is also kind of a new concept right that's like, true yeah so i'm saying maybe teaching entrepreneurship in a formal setting that's a new concept so yes, there might not be a structure like that well, right yet well the structure like i've heard similar models like that in business or in like development of a product or idea and mm-hmm. i think in another term it's called the five whys yeah there's like, that book yeah so like uh, when you're able to ask why five times you go down five different levels then you can really get to like the root cause of the problem or you mm-hmm. really understand the problem you're trying to solve mm-hmm. it, it's, it reminds me of something like that i've okay. never heard it as okrs or yeah that, well i think that, that's for that's more like a software business development. no that's oh, just okay. a business thing. Oh, okay. so it's more of a <laughs> like when you have a company you're trying to just any if someone requests something like it's to make sure it has a value to the company i also think that entrepreneurship might be very personal so it kind of depends on that specific person on how they're going to discover what it is that they want to do yeah like there might not be like a specific like formula to how to get to entrepreneurship it might just be like i feel like it would be very like your journey is very specific to you right? right on how you got to be in this position where you are an entrepreneur and i yeah. feel like that's it's probably very personal for each individual yeah that makes sense yeah yes i see i say i see both sides both like the entrepreneurship journey is very personal mm-hmm. and i feel that is very true because it's at the individual experience so you're learning a lot about yourself by going through the path that path is also very connected to your why mm-hmm. but i also look understand like looking back now like when i ask myself the question i wish i knew this back then or after trying to do this in so many different ways i found the one that worked best and i feel like moments like that is part about the process of asking better questions Mm -hmm. where it can be separate from the individual journey and more like a tool to ask better questions for others to develop their own journey Mm -hmm. so i do i do agree with like a David's nice, perspective yeah. as well. A little structure. That you, you can create a structure yeah. or or kits or tools so that others can use along the way to ask better questions mm-hmm. at the right time and also so that they get a taste of it and, uh, and be able to answer, is this for me or is this not? Because I also feel that entrepreneurship is not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely. Some people don't. They just want to, I'm yeah. fine with my job. I don't yeah it makes sense like because the path is very hard yeah i hear yeah yeah Yeah. some people would rather just be comfortable which is fine (laughs) some people just want to be comfortable and it took me a long time to actually realize this because i used to promote entrepreneurship a lot Mm -hmm. and what i what i do and i've had friends and other people tell me like i don't want to do that. All I want to do in life, <laughs> like Stop all I want to, no, well, it was more like because you give because people, I you do see a lot of people that feel stuck in life, and mm-hmm. you try to give them advice, and a lot of them would say, "I just want to be the best family member I can be." Mm-hmm. Like I just want to be a great father, or I just want to be a great community member, or I just yeah. want to, I just want to have a job and come home. Like for me, it's not about work; it's about the, my free time. So yeah. there's people out there that are happy just taking any job mm-hmm. as long as it pays their bills and it gives them the time they need to spend with their family mm-hmm. or to do recreational activities. And they're 100% happy 
like that. But you do have you do see others that are like I'm not happy with that. With monotony, kind of. With that, yeah. It's yeah. like I'm not happy with routine. Yeah. Like, it's like I'm. I have this ambition or this internal drive, or I need to mm-hmm. answer this question that I can't stay still. I can't be in school all day. I can't be at home all day. I can't be in a repetitive routine because that's boring. It's like I think things changing, or I want to go see the world. Yeah. So people like that, I feel, fit more the entrepreneurship spirit mm-hmm. where you solve things along the way and you create your own path. You don't follow mm-hmm. like an existing path. You you create your own. Those are the ones I feel need those tools to discover that within yes, them. Yeah. To discover mm-hmm. that within them or to keep that internal passion alive. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, they'll go into existing structures that will kill their passion. Yeah. And they won't even understand why. <laughs> like the current public school system. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Because I always felt, even in school, that I didn't have the same interest that others, as other students. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't understand why my interests were different. And I didn't understand why they couldn't have bigger interests. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's funny because it's kind of like... Like, I'm a teacher, right? And I keep going back and forth whether I should go back to school to, like, further my teaching career. And then he's always like, no, like, you could do something else. You could do something better. And I'm like, but I want to be a teacher. (laughs) (laughs) So it's kind of like that where he's always giving me advice of, like, doing all these other things and, like, creating my own thing and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I just want to be a teacher. (laughs) It's, uh, but you're... You touched on a very good point. <laughs> yeah. Because, and it goes back to the conversation of entrepreneurship. Because even when I ask people on, on, what entrepreneurship is, or the way we described it mm-hmm. earlier in the conversation, is you create something to sell or you create a business. I thought that's what entrepreneurship was. That's doing. all it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what I find myself doing now. Mm-hmm. And how I've evolved in the journey, I spend more time doing other things instead of creating a product to sell it. Mm-hmm. I spend more time educating people. Yeah. So I feel like in many ways, I'm more of a teacher than, than <laughs> nice. a business person. See, there you go. Teacher. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I was say, like, you can still be a teacher in anything else you apply. Yeah. Because yeah. also the future of, of work and the future of business is a lot of teaching others yeah. about what you want to do mm-hmm. or teaching others how you see a better way of making things or how a, a better world can be for all of us. Um, when you create something new, everyone else needs to understand it. So you have to educate teach them. And teach them. <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. even in pitching and doing demos, I find I do more teaching mm-hmm. than, than I do like drawing and sketching or the business side. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's evolved. Yeah. And the journey of entrepreneurship allows you to grow Mm -hmm. and i think if you enjoy how you're growing in that journey you're going to stick with it um we go back to creating content for social media a lot of times it's teaching them about something they can't see or Mm -hmm. teaching them about an idea you have um and you have to figure out how to get that idea and present it in a way that they'll understand (laughs) yeah so i would say entrepreneurship is not so defined to one type of style or one certain area like it's more it's going to allow you to grow in the areas you want to grow in Mm -hmm. 
That makes yeah. sense. I think that makes a lot of sense, yeah. Yeah. But we've <laughs> said all of this stuff and we still haven't heard about your own oh, personal yes. journey to entrepreneurship. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how did you get here? How did you become Leo Ochoa, founder yeah. of Dorsum Tech? <laughs> it's uh it wasn't a very easy path it was a very confusing it path. wasn't comfortable <laughs> it was very uncomfortable um so if i start back when i was in school i always had an interest to work for myself i always wanted to have a business i just didn't know what that would look like then when i went into college i thought i can go get my college degree then work for eight to ten years and then get my experience, my work experience, and then have my own design agency or some type of of um, a business where I can design for others. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I thought it was going to be graphic design. But like we talked about, the world has changed <laughs> so much. Um, and I went to school, and from there, the idea of this flexible back support or dorsum started to take shape. Mm -hmm. But I didn't have words for it, so I was just kind of creating uh, a prototype and then a way to solve this problem that I saw in the world. But I took the advice a lot of my teachers and counselors and family members or parents would give me is, you go to school to get a, a good paying job mm -hmm. uh, that you can work for you know, most of your life until retirement, and then you can enjoy life. And I thought, okay, well, that's the best path. I will go do that. Mm -hmm. um, also because I had a lot of student loans coming out of school mm -hmm. and that always forces you <laughs> yeah, to go, yeah, you have to go find a way to pay that out if you push yeah. but what ended up happening is from school ended up designing this concept to reimagine what a paramedic uniform should be with the built-in flexible back support to reduce the risk of back pain mm -hmm. um received a design award for it then i got my job working for a healthcare company that creates devices for oral healthcare, hmm. um, other areas of healthcare. And I thought this was my life. I'm just going to go to corporate life and have a nine to five. It was actually very long, much longer than that. Long days. <laughs> Over time. Uh, <laughs> um, and what ended up happening is people saw the concept on my portfolio now. And I started getting emails from first responders or paramedics um, from different parts of the world saying, I saw this. I want it. <laughs> it looks like it's something that can help me. How can mm -hmm. I buy one? Yeah. And at first, it was a very automated response saying, um, this is just concept, it's not for sale. Mm -hmm. Because in my mind, it's like, I, I'm working. Like, Why do yeah. people think this is real? And the more emails I got, the more it started to question, like, should I do something about this? Mm -hmm. Then I got invited to go to Italy to a health and wellness conference to mm -hmm. go present this product. Nice. I went, I went, I went and presented it and got a design award. Mm -hmm. And the city of Milan, Italy, told me this is a great idea. It's, you should push it as far or take it as far as you can take it. Mm -hmm. And I received the award. I was there for ten days. Presented, came back, and just kept working. <laughs> and um, I started working also on a patent because it was the award was going to get published in a magazine. Yeah. Four years later, um, finally got the patent granted, and then I felt more like this is, this is um, a potential. I can I ha I can do something with it. Yeah. Um, 
at the same time, I got a call from an agency out in New Jersey that was interested in buying a few samples for their for their EMTs because mm-hmm. they experience back pain. And it really started to come together around 2015, 2016. <laughs> mm-hmm. And at that point, it goes back to that internal, those internal expectations that you place on yourself mm-hmm. on what you should do in life and why things matter to you. And at that time, I felt like a lot of those answers were coming together at the right moment. Um, and I started to feel more like that internal guilt mm-hmm. that there's people out in in the world suffering from a pain that they experience from their work or just in life. And I potentially have something that can help them. And I'm not doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. You're withholding I'm it from with- yeah. like it, it totally felt like that. It felt like I was leaving us out here to suffer. Because <laughs> I felt I felt like I had something in my closet mm-hmm. that could potentially help people. Yeah. And I felt like I wasn't doing anything about it because my mind was on you go get a job to pay for for your expenses. Mm-hmm. And it was more the the fear of taking a different advice than what people give you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's scary because if you quit your job, then like all these bills, like it, yeah. it's hard to, I don't, I don't know how you did it. It's, it's a risk. It took a lot of years of thinking about it. And it took a lot of years of questioning, do I leave my job and get into more debt or mm-hmm. risk not being able to pay off my student loans? It's a very crazy yeah, like thought scary. process. It's scary. Yeah, it's very scary. <laughs> you, you're like, really, I don't know if I would have done that. You're yeah, kind of rolling the scary. dice. You're like, all right, let's you're see. rolling the dice and everything. And the people you turn to and ask for more advice just keep telling you, well, I don't know what you're talking about. You should. Uh, <laughs> it, it's hard to ask. Yeah, if no one's an entrepreneur, it's hard to ask them for advice. Yeah, they don't know. They don't. They don't know that world. Yeah. They don't know. Yeah, especially when it's someone from your family or yeah. friends or, or teachers mm-hmm. who they never done something like it they went and they got a job um giving you advice it makes you feel even more confused mm-hmm. and even more scared because you're like okay these people that i trust and I grew up with are telling me it's a bigger risk than than i see um why should i still do it and it, it took uh it took about two years of really thinking about it and then one year of saving up before mm-hmm. really making the decision but what was the tipping point was that internal passion or that change that I noticed where I lost interest in everything else. And my interest in my job at the time just dropped because I was already working in it for four years. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not learning anything new here. You're not growing anymore. I'm not growing. Mm-hmm. Um, I started to feel stuck in life again. And I had to make the decision. Do I go back and start all over again? So that's the scary part. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Aside the money or the debt, that yeah. was that yeah. was the scary part, especially at my age at the time where a lot of my friends and family were getting married, starting, starting their families, their families yeah. and it's mm-hmm. like do I want to start over again? Yeah. It's something that you already worked so hard for yeah. to get to that point. Quicker, like yeah, reset, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you're talking about, do I go back to school to study something new? I was mm-hmm. asking myself the question: Do I leave the path that I've known all my life that I went to school yeah. for? 
to start a new path. That no one's ever been on. <laughs> yeah, well, some people have been on it, just not people that I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like, that's true. That it's like, do I start a new path that I don't know anything about? Mm-hmm. Um, do I start all over, over again and start learning new skills? Because a lot of what I learned in school couldn't easily transfer over. But a lot mm-hmm. of the design skills that I learned could transfer over. And I had to make that decision. Do I want to start all over and learn skills on how to be self-managed? How to be self-taught, how to be, how to keep self-motivated, to keep that internal like fire going. Yeah, I had to make a decision, and the guilt was the tipping point. Mm-hmm. Because I had to really kind of talk to myself in future tense. Yeah, and this is where you kind of look at the different opportunities. Do I not do this, and then take? the known path and live with this like internal guilt and then regret it later on when you can't do anything about you can't it. do anything yeah. about it or do I take this path and learn how to get better at it and ultimately create something great out of it and if nothing great comes out of it at least I get an answer yeah. that I tried and I can always go back to my previous life mm-hmm that was, I think, what made the decision easier, saying I can always go back to what I know, but I can't stick with what I know and go back to this moment mm-hmm. in life where I could have made this decision. Yeah. Um, just knowing that made the decision, understanding, put everything into perspective. Um, it was still tough and scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like I've grown a lot more in these last two years than if I had stayed in my previous job. Yeah. Um, sure. Or in my last like six to eight years, I feel like I've learned a lot more in these last two. Nice. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about the actual product it is that you created? Yes. So from, uh, <laughs> yes, and thank you for the opportunity. So from this concept, we started creating a way to bring it into life. So looking at a way to manufacture it. And we took this flexible vertical spring that acts like a back support that fills in the lumbar area, the arc on your lower back. So we've created this way to keep your body supported and allow for flexibility of movement, um, twisting of the torso, the repetitive motions of the lower back. Um, But it's integrated into apparel so that you can wear it comfortably um, Mm -hmm. under clothing or over clothing. Um, So this is our first product that we're, we've launched into the market now. Um, but since I've been working on this for about eight years now, mm-hmm. we've prototyped many ways on how this can be applied. Mm-hmm. So this product that we launched is more of an introductory product mm-hmm. that's gonna allow us to continue to build on top of it for different applications. Like okay. different models for like different things kind of thing? Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, different different ways of using it, different material, different. Gotcha different uh, ways of solving the same problem for different people. Um, Yeah, so in very basic terms, it's not a back brace. It's a flexible exospine back support that keeps your body stable when you're doing repetitive movement. And it's like the first of its kind, right? Like, that's why it's not, you can't call it a back support, but that's what people are going to think of it as. Yes. Because no one really knows, like, exospine what? Like (laughs) Right. So this is where it goes back to teaching what it is, Mm -hmm. educating. Yeah, because I was going to say what's, 
like what's the difference between that and let's say like if i go on amazon mm -hmm. there's like those little straps mm -hmm. or whatever that like help my bag to like keep my back up straight mm -hmm. or whatever so those um those arms yeah supports like that, arm yeah, that goes down to like your mid waist mm -hmm. um or your mid torso uh that's all done with fabric so it's mm -hmm. tension and fabric and it's used mostly as reminders to teach you what better posture yeah. should be. But in order to really stabilize your body, you need a physical component in the lower back to support you. So that's something those products don't have. Mm -hmm. This has a physical support component that's going to be supporting your lower back and then giving you feedback when you're out of alignment. Mm. Um, so it's designed to move with you and not to force you in one one position like a back brace does. A back brace is designed for for post injury. So this mm -hmm. is designed to prevent or to focus on reducing the risk of injuries. So this is most focused mm -hmm. on prevention mm -hmm. um, and designed to move with you, not to lock your body in place. Mm -hmm. Cool, yeah. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a cool invention, man. Honestly, I'm like that's, yeah, that's, that's like those are the cool inventions that like help humanity like yeah go forward you know like, and what like would that. you like to see like for the future of your product like what's the future that you envision for it the future that we envision for for dorsum products and, and starting with the exospine is to be able to provide this in the world especially those that are doing a lot of repetitive motion the ones that are higher risk mm -hmm. uh starting to give them better options to 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 support their body when they're working. Mm -hmm. Then the future of the company, Dorsum, is to create better products and work with other companies to create better products for their customers. Like collaborations? Uh, collaborations. Mm -hmm. um, that's the best way to provide the health benefits. Mm -hmm. um, not if we try to do it all ourselves, but partner with companies that are, that are, or have clients that are at risk because of the repetitive motions they do. Mm -hmm. uh, so little by little, making a change in that world that way mm -hmm. and having the numbers of back injuries dropped yes. or reduced, mm -hmm. then that's the real impact that it can have yeah. um, in the future. Mostly showing that there's a better way to, to create products that will allow you to do the work you do. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So what kind of like people do you think should be looking into this? Like who should be buying your product or who should be interested in looking into your product? So the people, right now it's designed for anyone. I would so, say anyone, honestly. Yeah, so it's it's designed for anyone that needs back support uh, at home for recreation or at work. Uh, we designed it in a way that can apply to every use. Uh, the ones that we're looking to talk to are the ones that are at higher risk like uh, first responders that are lifting patients and equipment, mm -hmm. package handlers, you know, delivery drivers, the ones that are having to carry a lot of weight on their back, having to lift weight and then transport it in and out of vehicles mm -hmm. or stacking in warehouses. Those are the ones um, that we're trying to reach the quickest just to let them know, hey, we're working on a product that can help you do your job more efficiently. And mm -hmm. at the, the end of the day, you'll have more energy, you'll, have, you'll be much happier mm -hmm. uh, and less in pain uh, for sure I, awesome. yeah i, I came it's like anything if you're even if you're working in your garden at home doing yard work that's gonna help you like my brother he, he i showed it to him he's like oh, i want one like because he's asking like what's a good back brace and then mm -hmm. 
we link them to your thing. So, mm-hmm. and where can people <laughs> find your product? Where can we find more information, or where can we potentially purchase it? Yeah. So right now we're taking uh, pre-orders to be able to go into manufacturing. So right now our product is available through the Kickstarter Kickstarter crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter.com. Search for dorsum exospine. So right now you can get your pre-order. You can get the early bird discount mm-hmm. um, up until December 19th, uh, 2019. And then from there, the campaign will end. We no longer will be able to offer the discount. Mm-hmm. But we're looking at having an online store on our website. Oh, and nice. Yeah, so we'll be able to take orders through our website. Mm-hmm. Um, and then next year, once uh, delivery or shipment starts, then we're also looking at local distributions. But for right now, kickstarter.com. Um, after December 19th, it'll be dorsumtech.com. Dorsumtech.com. Nice. Okay. Awesome. When do you plan on releasing them, like, fully, full-blown, ship them out? Mm-hmm. And- We're releasing it in two stages. So the first sample set is going to be our field test. So this is testing for all-day comfort uh, mm-hmm. in work environments. Mm-hmm. So these are with uh, local testers. Releasing it to the public is going to be late summer or early fall of 2020. Gotcha. It all depends how quickly we can accelerate our wear test. Nice. That's going to come by quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm super excited. <laughs> yeah. That'll cool. go by super fast. Yeah. We're really trying to have them ready for like summer. Because okay. I know people will be, will be out hiking. We'll be out carrying oh, weight. Yeah. yeah that'd we'll be, be doing more yard work, more of that repetitive bending. Mm-hmm. So we're looking to have them ready by mid summer. That's exciting. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah thank you <laughs> we'll be giving updates too even if you're not if you can't make a purchase now if you'd like to follow along just go to the website mm-hmm. we would be posting updates on the development awesome nice. well thank you so much for being here yeah, with thank us you. today and for letting us know um about your product and giving everyone advice on how to kind of follow in your footsteps in a way <laughs> yes. <laughs> absolutely yeah. thank you for inviting me and letting mm-hmm. me share my experience and then anything that can be of help Mm-hmm. Uh, always happy to be involved. Thank you. Awesome. Appreciate that. Yeah. And thanks to everyone who is listening. Thank you for listening. Um, this was the bonus episode, the very last episode of our <laughs> season. So um, make sure to look for us next year for our second season, probably yeah. January, February sometime. Um, and if you want to learn more information, you can go to kickstarter.com and search Dorsum Exospine or go to Dorsum Tech. Com, yeah, right? dorsumtag.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To get more information on the product or even just health benefits, mm-hmm. go on their either website to learn more. Nice. Yep. And if you want to learn more about our podcast, you can go to uh, oncampuspodcast.com. Yes. And we have our links to all of our social media pages on there and our email as well. So you can always reach out. All right. See you. Thank you. <laughs>